you go back two years ago and Google's features were quite buggy. Now it's like trying to play chess against the supercomputer that has beaten every chess master in the world. And you're going to yeah. say, okay, I'm going to try and play chess against this thing and beat it. The machine's going to win. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Hello, and welcome to the Customer Acquisition Show. Today, we are talking with our amazing Google Ads team and our reoccurring show about what's working now in Google Ads. With this being the end of the year, I imagine we're going to be doing quite a bit of retrospective of what happened over the last year in Google Ads and really what we're looking forward to in 2023. Welcome, Google team. Hey, Tom. Rosh how are you guys doing today? Doing really good. All right. What was your biggest takeaway from 2022 with Google Ads? My takeaways have been the machines have become my friends. I have just taken them, onboarded them, I let them do their work and just gotten so much used to changes and adapting with new strategies and leaving old ones behind is something that has really worked for me for this year. And exploring as much as testing everything, finding what's working, double downing on them and learning from everybody, especially our amazing team members that they're here with us. Biggest takeaway is mostly like Rajna on that part, but it's more the machine became a, a frenemy. You would say that sometimes my friend, sometimes it's really my enemy. So I also learned how to adapt. So I, I still use a part of the old source that's still working and then try to make it go along with the new source with more of machine learning. So I'm like making a recipe to make them work together. So that's why I said frenemies, basically. And I, I think this move towards automation I heard a great quote by Patrick Gilbert, who wrote a book specifically on this. It's called Join or Die. It's about digital advertising in the age of machine learning and AI. And he said, we're changing from being media buyers to being algorithm jockeys. Now, the thing is, what Ollie mentioned, that combining the, I'll call them older strategies, the media buyers who can do that, who can combine both, who have the experience with the manual bidding, with setting up the campaigns in the right way, with doing the keyword research, understanding the market, they're going to be in the best position because if you just try and say, okay, let the machines do all the work without really putting strategic thought into it, they're just going to go off and you're not really going to know what's happening. It's an exciting time for sure. It's a funny idea of being an algorithm jockey. I, similarly, I think <laughs> I've been following a lot of the open AI chat, GPT-3 and all that. And there's definitely a, seemingly to be a future of the algorithm jockey on the ad buying side and a bit more of like the prompt artist for if you're trying to get out specific written content from these other machine learning sources. Right. I mean, it's incredible. Some of the TikTok videos I make, I've been using an app called Captions and it will obviously do the captions for me. But when I look at the list of videos I've created, it is given titles to all of my videos that I didn't write and the titles are awesome. I did one, one video about specifically about this topic, about machine learning and AI. And the title that it wrote for my video was The Importance of Machine Learning and AI in the Future of Advertising. I didn't write that title. It listened to what I said and it wrote the title for me. So 
advertising strategy still is still very important. And, and I, the advertisers who understand their customers know how to aim the algorithms in the right way. That's where that's where we win. What are some of the big ways you've learned to aim the algorithms in the right way? Giving Again, the right targets and not just shooting the arrow in the sky. Is, okay, go 400, whereas 300 is something that you can make peace with it in the initial time. And thinking that if you put 400, it's going to get you 400. So giving right targets, right time to test, right assets to give, right signals. If you do all these things, you know, it's going to really go in the right direction and get you the results. You have to educate, yeah. I guess, yeah. educate uh, the algorithm. Mm. I, so much is about exactly training, giving the data. Rashna was just talking earlier about it's so important to give the machine learning the data it needs. And it's the quality of the inputs that are going to determine the quality of the outputs. So think of the inputs, like what inputs are you really focused on or should we as advertisers well, think, be looking at? An interesting thing we've seen with Performance Max is we found that if you use first-party data like customer lists and website visitors, Performance Max can tend to, if that's your initial audience, it'll start off by really going after like people who are just searching for your brand. And it's that bottom funnel traffic because that's the signal. If it's got, oh, customers, who are like these customers? Oh, people searching for the brand. Who are like the website visitors? Oh, people searching for the brand. So putting an input in for maybe keywords that have that don't have the brand name in them or Google has certain audiences like in-market audiences. So in-market, for example, if you're selling air conditioners, people in the market for air conditioners, Google can see those signals. You put those kind of audience signals in and then Performance Max is going to go out and try and find new customers more than it would if you just put in your customer list. And especially in market where those are segmented as other in market, those are already identified audiences by Google and segmented into one audiences. That mm-hmm. works even better than a customly created audience with all the search terms. And that takes time for Google to identify who are those people. The learning curve is more. So if you are finding your specific, very narrowed down audience under the other section, it's very good one to use that before. So again, as Nick said, the intense research around your own audiences. And once we do that and understand how these different audiences work, like affinity in market, and then you can drill down into in market as well and then create your custom audience that really gives the right direction for the performance max, especially. It's not, not something I've heard of before, but that's really interesting about really thinking about how you're training performance max. I think we're moving out of this phase of digital advertisers where we want the instant return on investment. So we're going to go to the closest to a purchase, but that doesn't necessarily drive the long-term success of both your brand, but also specific campaigns like Performance Max, where you should be really training it over a long period of time. And the audience targeting in Performance Max, it's not really targeting, it's signals. And this is very different to Facebook audience targeting. It's also very different to traditional YouTube audience targeting. 
So the audience signals are meant to accelerate the machine learning. So it's steering the machine in a certain direction, steering the campaign. So saying, okay, if you're selling guitars, here's an in-market audience for guitars, or as Rushner said, finding the in-market other audience. And it's saying, go here first. It doesn't mean it's only going to target those people. It's going to go there first, check them out, see if you can sell them, learn from that, and then go beyond that. Yeah, so that's exactly what had happened in between the year with me. I had this huge research about the audiences that are available. I'm like, I'm going to go after these audiences. I'd give those audiences. And Google comes back as the right audience is actually this one. So if you do that, you're actually going to improve the performance. So that was so much of a shocking part for me that what I had thought was not actually the right audience, what there were hidden audiences inside that I had no idea about. So that was something comes as a surprise later on with the data. Can you give a specific example of what you thought the audience should have been and what Google told you it was? So for a very good example, like we have a client who sells like hardware tools. So I did the research about all these audiences who are into tools or doing DIY stuff. But what Google told Indraton was like floor and cabinet buyers, like people who are into doing things like that, they were more converting from you. So those are like very different, like your people, which I had never thought of. So Things like that come as a surprise and you learn a lot along with while Performance Max is learning. So that's very good to know that you have more segments of audiences inside the market other than what you had thought. Would we be better off with not giving Performance Max like specific data to target, not give it your customer list and not give it your website viewers? If they even remove that as an option... You just tell it who you think your audience is and you're giving it the conversion events and just oh, some money and letting it figure it out. <laughs> and millions of dollars. <laughs> because yeah, have awesome. Mike Rhodes, great Mike Rhodes. Uh, he's a good friend of ours here at Tyrell 11. I think he made a great analogy for this. If you have a friend visiting your city and they want to find some good restaurants and you just said, yeah, go walk around the entire city and just look it's going to take them a lot longer and a lot more random tests to find a good restaurant than if you said go to this area this is where all the best restaurants are go there and you're going to find something but i think it comes back to the quality of the inputs so i think giving that input for an audience signal that is based on your knowledge of your customers based on your knowledge of the market you give the most informed audience signal but through performance marks, as Rashna says, you can uncover new segments in the market that you may have not been aware of. <laughs> There's one interesting one was like for me to see during the Black Friday was the market trend and how my campaigns trended during that time and have it as a comparison point inside of the ad account, which was so cool to see the overall Google trend was like expected to double down and then how my existing campaigns trend had also followed that trend and how I could have been more prepared for that in terms of seeing any fluctuation in my existing campaign. So that was quite interesting, the AI giving you a forecast 
about change in the overall market and how you can make changes beforehand, predict them. So that was one of the other cool features that I loved that they released this year. When we, we were talking without audience or anything, I was going to make a parallel with Facebook when you want an ad set to go on a broad, completely broad. It might take more time mm -hmm. also. So it's the same. It might find your ideal audience, but you're going to need more time. Yeah. But we've also learned that broad is a very good match type as well now similarly how audiences we have figured out we have figured out so many converting keywords that we would have otherwise not figured out with phrase or match exact match type but broad did even better when constructed like the campaign structure properly so a lot of things like other people the grandmas of google ads have gone into a shock. What's happening? Everything's just changed, but all for the good, for sure. I really hope that you make that your Halloween outfit next year is the grandma of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and they are, those grandmas are like just two years old. <laughs> I guess kind of on that same like idea, like what are some things that you're just going to say goodbye to in 2022 and with Google Ads? Is there anything that you don't think is going to carry on until... 2023. We already smart shopping sunsetted this year. We also saw expanded text ads in July or June. You can no longer create those expanded text ads. And for everybody out there who doesn't know what I'm talking about, when you created Google Ads previously, you could create one ad that had three headlines and two descriptions. Those ads are gone. You can't create those anymore. You can create ads now that have spots for 15 headlines and four descriptions. You don't have to use all of them, but if you only use three headlines and two descriptions, Google is going to tell you your ad is poor. <laughs> it's going to give you a rating at the top and it's going to go ad strength, poor. And have you also heard this, that RSA is the only type that's going next year and text ad as a, which ones were created in the past are going to be discontinued forever. Just like add those text ads which were there in the past now mm -hmm. the expanded text ads are also going away so they're oh, yeah mid 23 so rsa is the only option to create going now, to yeah. be left what's rsa yeah, no, yeah. the re responsive search ads and that's where you have the 15 spots okay. for headlines so you can have up to 15 headlines four descriptions and google is going to test all the different combinations and find the combinations that will perform best. It's closer to a setup in Performance Max 2. It's like they're yeah. trying to get everything uniform. Uniformed? Performance yeah. Max yeah. is also giving like soon 15 headlines. It's coming. It's in their doc, support doc, that soon we are going to be launching 15 headlines. Yeah, so Not when, yeah, so I don't know. You're saying goodbye to Google Ads in 2022 or digital marketing in general? Similar uh, universal, universal analytics is a big one. Yeah. And that's only just over six months away. So uh, there's a lot of Google ad accounts out there that are still using universal, the conversion action from universal analytics. So giving that to Google to optimize for. And uh, so everybody needs to either migrate to Google Tag Manager or 
keep a very close eye out for when Google Analytics 4 releases its own conversion action. And again, for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, that just means when you give Google the event you want to optimize for, like the purchase, or if it's a lead, like it's a form field or a phone call, there's different ways you can track that. And Google Analytics, anybody using that needs to change ASAP. So to go from Universal Analytics to Google Analytics 4 or Google Tag Manager? Tag Manager, we recommend Tag Manager. GA4, I don't think the conversion actions are even released yet. All right. So it's going to be a big shock for small business, in my opinion, because a lot of people in their small business, they still do it by themselves on right. universal analytics and they like it. So it's mm -hmm. going to be a big change. For them. You know, who, that's the, I think that's a big thing with Google ads this year, Google in general with G, with the universal analytics and GA4, it's been changing so rapidly. So which your average business owner has the time to keep up with all of this and go and try and figure this out themselves. So that's like Ollie said, that it, it's the small business owners are it's really gonna take a lot of them by surprise. It's, yeah, it's a lot of work aside to their main work. Because mm. <laughs> when they own a, a the, business, they don't have time to do that. And it's like they have to learn it even more. Yeah. It's tough. One of the Russian. clients that recently onboarded with us was just like that only. He's like, Google is constantly changing. I cannot keep up. We need to have a dedicated team for that to happen. He has a good hold on Google Ads and everything, but the speed that it's evolving is just rapidly. If you are not up to name, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, you have some spam. <laughs> That's another thing with Google <laughs> this year. <laughs> spam? Yeah, this, oh, the spam. That's a, okay, this is a big topic, but running performance max for lead gen and the spam traffic that comes from trying that. Now, something that I want to clarify here, it's not performance max. That's, it's an oversimplification. It's the display network. It's Google's display network. So just something to be aware of. It's actually been an issue for a while. We have found we're holding off on performance max for lead gen with very few exceptions until there it develops more and this issue's gone away. But basically, the thing is with lead gen too, Ollie manages some of our biggest lead gen accounts. And I think, Ollie, that's, you've been running several tests where you're, you're testing smart bidding versus manual bidding. And some of these niches have cost per clicks over $100. I know you were thinking about maybe testing Performance Max there, but I know you haven't done that yet. But yeah, what's your thoughts there for lead gen and Performance Max? It's still the same problem with Performance Max. So it's like the first test I admit it's all it's like fake people entering fake data and you can't contact them or people they never heard about. If you don't have that when nobody... The, when you do gen, one of the best traffic sources, Google. So we don't understand why it's happening because Google is really good at that compared to if you take Facebook or TikTok, sometimes you have like fake account. But here from Performance Max, it wasn't really going the right way. So I'm like more doing pure search. But if it changed, if we can avoid those problems of click farm and lead, or we'd say lead farm now, then it would 
I would try again performance bikes on that side. But okay. for now, it's better for e-com, I guess. As as long as it's like that. But it, it, it's not only performance bikes. I had like last year that when they were starting with form on YouTube form. If you see that, we mm. I had that kind of traffic. So it's, it's yeah. It, there's it, a it, way it, to block, but I don't know how. Yes. I believe it's the display network and when you run, because when you get it from YouTube campaigns, it's when those videos are showing on certain websites. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the websites, if they can, they call it farming for a conversion. So it's not really click farms, it's conversion farming, but it boosts the value of a website. It's like a way of taking a very cheap website, showing that it gets a lot of traffic and conversions and then that can be a way of basically getting more display advertising sent there and it's this feedback loop. So just something to be aware of. And it has been an issue for quite a while. It's limited to lead gen because filling out a form is free. Yeah. And making a purchase is not economical for these farms to do that. So the website owner, they also get paid when somebody converts on an ad on their page, right? Yeah, I don't know exactly how the economics of it works. Yeah. Basically, yeah, there's, it, there is an incentive to have basically people go in and basically click on ads on the website, go and fill out the forms fraudulently as quickly as possible and meet some kind of quota. Just sit there and do that yeah. all day. It's, it's good for arbitrage. It's all those people who are doing arbitrage. Is it weird to combine like all these like different levels of intent into a single like advertising campaign like Performance Max? Because you got like high intent with search going in there. It's like putting it all together and you're just hoping the machine. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is where one, one big takeaway from Performance Max this year, it's very much influenced by the campaigns that are running alongside it. And it's also influenced by other traffic sources, whether that's Facebook traffic, whether that's referral traffic, organic traffic. And you want to make sure your other campaigns are as strong as possible because it's almost like it attaches itself to the account, to the host, and it reflects what the host account is like. So if you have an account that's very YouTube heavy and you have ads that are talk to camera and that's your main source of traffic around YouTube, if you launch Performance Max is going to go very YouTube heavy. And we've seen this with some accounts. Arashna, the account you were managing for a very well-known coach who does a lot of YouTube videos. Arashna was managing the Performance Max campaign for that account. And I think it was like 60%. We were able to work out 60% of the spend in Performance Max was going just to YouTube. 85. 85%. Right. 85%. And then if you have a you have an account that's been very search heavy or very shopping heavy, then performance max is going to reflect that too. So you can't expect, and this is a concern because this was something that I was excited about initially with performance max. I had the perception that YouTube can be a very cost intensive test for driving more top of funnel traffic. So I had the perception that we could run performance max and then performance max will work out what's going to work on YouTube. Doesn't work like that. We've just found that if you haven't been running YouTube and you haven't been haven't found what's working on YouTube, Performance Max just a lot of the time won't even spend won't even spend on YouTube. It'll gravitate towards what's already been working well, which could be search, it could be shopping, and if it is YouTube, it'll gravitate there. So 
you still need to be strong in all your campaign types, find what's working, and then Performance Max is going to supercharge that in a really powerful way, but it's not going to fill in the holes. It needs warm-up, proper yeah. warm-up from performing campaign. Performance Max needs performance. One notion when the Performance Max was being sold to everyone, then you don't need to do anything else. Just run Performance Max. It was just like changed. Performance Max needs other was established afterwards that yeah, how it's, it was sold. <laughs> Google is very good at naming things. That's right. It maximizes yeah. performance. So that's the idea. So I think that's a big thing this year. With It's been a wild ride with Performance Max. It's been exciting. There have been so many developments. That is still developing. We're still in the early days. So any anyone right now who is learning from Performance Max has such a competitive advantage because it's the features that have been teased and that we're not allowed to actually elaborate on are just mind-blowing. The It's still really in its beta stages, but we've learned so much. And yeah, one of the, the big takeaways was what we were just talking about is that it it needs the data and it's not going to replace everything. And it's not just a turn it on, set it and forget, and it's going to magically rain money. Yeah, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from 2022 is like really getting mature across all channels and all sources of traffic, whether that's organic or paid. We're trying to get to the point of being everywhere, right? Even considering Reddit and other places just to really feed that machine. So Mm. when Performance Max is ready for lead gen, it has all the data and can just optimize and really maximize performance in the most optimal way. But I think it's really, for me, to focus on building up all your sources of traffic and channels. 100%, 100%. And but on that same note that if your SEO is really strong on your website, even if your basic SEO is strong in terms of just having the your titles in your website, I'm not an SEO expert, but having your titles, having your metadata for what your each one of your pages is about, that's going to help Performance Max perform better too. We're still like heavy into the holiday season. Uh, what insights do you guys have for finishing 2022 strong? Yeah, we're not resting yet. Not resting yet. Obviously, this quarter four is the biggest quarter for e-com. So we're now in that period after Black Friday. The Black Friday frenzy, there's always a little bit of a lull in that first week. But now Christmas is only three weeks away. Less than three weeks. Three, no, yeah, a little less than three weeks away. So... People now are looking, their focus is on buying for others. So gifts and any products that can be gifts are going to start seeing a ramp up. Once Christmas is done, then we get to the new year, people switch back to looking to buy for themselves and then they have Christmas gift money or now they're focused on their family. They've been altruistic and been like, hey, my, my family and my friends have their gifts and now they're going to, it's time to think about themselves, some buying for me. So I think just taking that into consideration and January and February can be a slower time for retail, but really just uh, maximizing on the sales, maximizing on the buying intent that's currently in the market. And we're really looking forward to next year and just taking the lessons from 2022 And we like to think of ourselves as being tip of the spear. 
And uh, so that's, we're just really excited about the next year. I was just saying that people think that we still have time. We still have time. We'll get everything arranged. You just have seven days to get everything together because right after the Black Friday ended, people started to go back to their recliners. Okay, we have time, but you don't really have time. There's so much of getting your learnings from the Black Friday, getting them implemented right away for the Christmas sale. So I am just telling my clients that you guys have to get everything ready before 15 and even before that as soon as possible because the next week is everything about finalizing things. And after that, no other things can be changed or re-strategized or so yeah, in terms of like pre-Christmas, that's the window that I feel is left to make the best of the end of the year. So, yeah. I like the scarcity on Amazon also. When they start mentioning you can get it before Christmas, I don't think it's the exact line, but get a right before Christmas. Because right. at a point, if you're in retail and you continue doing it, they want to get for Christmas, so it's going to be a problem for the year after that. Also. People actually buy before Christmas, like one yeah. week before, because they know that it's going to take your delivery charges, you have to wrap it up, you're going to hide it, I don't know what else you're going to do, but you're not supposed to be doing that on the 24th or 23rd. So a week before they start buying and start looking for things. So you should be in front of them even, I would say, 10 days before Christmas. So yeah. if you're not prepared and then you think that Christmas is approaching, oh, 23rd, 22nd, I'll go live, That that's a bad strategy. All right. So moving on to 2023, what are some of your big predictions for Google Ads in 2023? More signals, less audience targeting. Yeah, that's a big one. YouTube targeting, there's going to be a change there. Placements, we used to be able to target specific videos or channels. That's being sunsetted. And being able to... Keywords, Keywords, yeah. Not keywords for search, but there was a great feature with YouTube where you could target people who'd searched for specific keywords, whether that's in YouTube or search or anywhere. So... You wouldn't, if you were selling cars, you wouldn't necessarily have to show them your ad on a car, a video related to cars. You could show them like a video on a Lady Gaga music video or a sports game or some documentary on YouTube. But because they'd search for like maybe Corvette or classic cars or whatever, you could show them an ad based on what they'd searched for, not on what they were currently viewing. That's going away. I'm holding out hope that it may come back as an audience signal. As Russian has said, we'll have more audience yeah. signals rather than audience targeting. Similar audiences, yeah, similar so Google, the version yeah. of the lookalike yeah. is going to be yeah. gone. So that's huge. That's the lookalike audience. So Google Topics API is the privacy initiative where the targeting, the way audiences are created, is it's going to be released in, I believe it's still 2023, but... That's gonna that's gonna that's gonna rock some worlds. It's a big change in the way Google is managing data, customer data, and how it's used for targeting. I don't think it's going to hurt their advertising. I don't think they would release something that would intentionally hurt their own business, but it will change a lot of things. Talking about a couple of things that they're taking away there, those are just really signals to me that Google is saying we know our users better than 
you do and we'll show them the right ad no matter what you think who you think it should Just go to google right? ask, sorry google asking us have trust on me have trust on me give me the budget and have trust yeah. on me so that's where it's like with the match types also hopefully i don't know when there are rumors like everywhere and we've always ended up being right on these conspiracies that have come through that this is going to go away and they did actually go away just like spot shopping so things like match types are the next ones that google is going mm. to go after manual bidding yeah i just want to explain that match types for the people who are watching who don't know what match types are so when you would run a keyword before just say you run a keyword for black iphone 13 all right just told everybody what phone i have so if you ran black iphone 13 google as an exact match keyword google would only show an ad to people who wrote exactly that not black iphone 13 in case not dark iphone 13 not dnt iphone 13 black color it would only show on that exact term black iphone 13 now when they updated the match types they google basically said we're going to show ads to people who are searching for things that we can tell have the same meaning so if somebody searches for iphone 13 from AT&T dark color Google oh they're searching for a black iPhone 13 okay and it can even go more broad than that the example Google uses is if somebody searches for lawn mowing service that's one keyword and it's an exact they put it in as an exact keyword if somebody searches for grass cutting service Google's going to show them the ad and in some cases that meaning gets stretched pretty far Yeah and Google is actually getting better and better every day in identifying the right intent that's why I've gained that faith that even if the match types do go away Google's ability to identify intention behind a search is just mind blowing like with the examples right. that I have seen it's getting it's that's crazy. right that is true it's getting better i mean here's an analogy i like to use as well so there are some advertisers that are still very adamant that we should be just hanging on to manual techniques manual bidding and trying to beat the machine and look you go back 2 years ago and i think there was a strong argument for that their machine learning google's features were quite buggy now it's like trying to beat the machine it's like trying to play chess against the supercomputer which i think google actually created or developed It's trying to play chess against the supercomputer that beat has beaten every chess master in the world. And you're going to yeah. say, "Okay, I'm going to try and play chess against this thing and beat it." It's just we've reached that point where it's like we've got to say that in many cases and it's getting more and more towards the majority of cases the machine's going to win when you run these AB tests. So we we need to embrace that and see the awesome power and the advantages that we have at our fingertips now. And Google's also not really getting a lot out of these people who are trying to adjust the bids manually, right? Like, right. you can only do that to a certain point. Okay, I'm spending $100. Google doesn't really want you to do that, like $100. I don't even care about you. So It's true. It's a big, it's a big feedback loop. So that's right. It's the direction we're heading. Any other predictions for 2023? 
earlier we were having this conversation about how e-commerce needs so much help and in, in terms of staying in business with the changes and the recessions that coming up next year so mm-hmm. you are not supposed to but just like or oh, recessions coming turn off my hands you're just making the biggest mistake although it's going to get expensive but you can also be very strategic and make the most of it the usual the response during this time with e-commerce especially is cut down on spend but then that's where you need to be more strategic and do do things differently during this time and advertising could do wonders for you yeah these are like big discussions like for the next year this year it was performance max i think the next year is going to be a lot more about google changes with google and long with the recession that's coming yeah that's a great point you just have to watch youtube and the news and there's a lot of forecasts for some tightening in the economy and that's going to make everybody really be strategic got to be smart no less as less forgiveness for mistakes but stopping advertising stopping the source of the awareness in the market for your business or cutting down too much on that may affect business when things bounce back and there's some great studies actually been done on businesses that kept up their advertising during recessions were the ones who came out ahead as when things turned around yeah yeah and that also goes knowing your numbers if you don't know your numbers in these times especially like recession that can really burn you down like you don't know what the threshold you can afford to be and then you think that you're doing profitability but that was the opposite of it like after a year's analysis so knowing numbers is very important like where is the cac it has that improved decrease a lot of people just don't do that by channel that's very important like you have your overall picture someone clear but identifying these channels of what is bringing on top of the funnel at what cost where it's converting at what cost is also very important so you can accordingly during very difficult times or like fluctuations you can pull the right strings at the right time It's the right time to improve on the data analysis on knowing your numbers on advertising and qualifying the traffic and also maybe improve your website in go for the conversion rate it's also the best time to do that so improve the website has been such a big conversation me and yeah, Audrey yeah. get on a call and we just don't talk about ads we talk about websites <laughs> we like doing that <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's it is, is a, an important part of buying traffic and media buying and advertising if your website is not the best for converting it decreases the result on the from the advertising yeah it's amazing how often websites are overlooked the traffic's work is to get to the right audience to you right to convert but the thing that actually would convert is the website but the website is like making it harder for you to convert them like they had come hoping that okay i'll give you a dollar you'll give me a one dollar product is like oh, you got to go that block five blocks down then 10 blocks down and take a right left and then the person's lost anyway <laughs> let's go back so that's something you know how we look at it so website has to be seamless like 
just drift straight to the point. So what are your big tips for uh, improving websites for customer acquisition? Site speed. Yeah, it's the site speed. It was of the biggest one, especially on mobile. It's like sometimes the site, they take like 10, 15 seconds to display when you're on your mobile. If you want to buy something, you're not going to wait that. You're going to go back to Google. And then you're going to check another website if you can find the same object. Or you're going to check Amazon, of course. Right, because Amazon's fast. <laughs> All right, yeah. so we've got site speed. So as a user, I want a site that loads fast. And then what's the next improvement? The ergonomy. You, you don't want people to come on your website and then being lost. And what do I have to do? And it starts by simply the menu on top. It's like you have, for example, the button is shop and you have a, a mega menu with all. But if you can shop that, that people feel overwhelmed, they're not going to click. They're going to go the way. And if on the website, if they don't find clearly the action you want them to do is go to your collection or your shop and they are lost finding the button or the button is not standing out, then it's a no-no also. They're going to leave. Or too many action also. They are overwhelmed by too many. What kind of action do I have to do there? They are lost. They're going to leave the website also. So you paid for the advertising when you push them away from the website because your website is not well configured. That's what I do. Like, whenever I need to buy something, I'm not a person who goes to Amazon and buys and I go to Google and search for these small businesses. And I go and buy the product from there. And then I identify all these things that had come as a hurdle and I email them. Like, improve these things I just bought from you. As a media hire, please make those changes. The full shopping experience where you provide feedback to the store owner. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel like obligated. I don't know for some reason. Any final thoughts on how we could be using Google Ads to acquire new customers in 2023, especially with the mindset that we have to probably be more efficient with our advertising spend? I would say focus on YouTube. You need to make sure your shopping campaigns, you need now I'm going to talk about e-com. Every e-com business, all your competitors, there's already a race to see who can be the most efficient who has the most optimized feed, who has the most optimized campaigns, okay? And that's just all about efficiency. It's about looking at data. That's what we do here at Tier 11. We get your campaigns efficient. We get them very tightened up. Where the opportunity is that I see in a lot of Google ad accounts is that YouTube is not being utilized to its full potential. If you can get, whether it's yourself, if you're not comfortable being on camera, get a spokesperson get some talk-to-camera videos, get some awareness, give a human element to your business, capture people's attention and start feeding that into the top of the funnel because search shopping is middle and bottom of funnel. And the way to grow, the way to expand is to use video. That's what Facebook is fantastic for, obviously. But if you can find the right formula for you on YouTube, you're going to be in a channel that not relatively a lot of people aren't really taking advantage of that's a good tip focus on top of funnel video and then performance max then when you're running performance max the youtube section of performance max is going to wake up yeah what else what other tips do you have for help acquire new customers in 2023 plan long term not short term is another one that i look at it's a long term growth strategy 
not just like a short term or there's a webinar coming lying on 14th let's go use google it's like a long term growth channel for you and so that you have to give that time that commitment and it's going to give you the returns and has people who have taken that the right time to feed the machines and the including it into that long growth plan is something google is very good at and so if we're taking a long term strategy how often should we be like optimizing or iterating within google for starting with a fresh Three months are going to be for you to test certain strategies, prove on them. Like how much? That's the time that you should be given any strategy that you have come up initially and you've run through, and then finalize what worked, what didn't work, and then take it from there. So the first three months are all about that. The six months again, it's all about what the learnings were, modifying them, getting a consistent results, and then growth comes afterwards. so it's not that we have not seen it beforehand but like a very standard long term event built with google or any businesses based of that that time you realize what's the numbers for you in terms of cac for a channel because a cac for your overall business could be very different on what it looks like on google or facebook so that's why it needs more data to be a very integral part of your overall business growth for 2023 i see i say people try to have a multi channel vision and not at only oh i'm going to do google ads or i'm going to do only facebook ads because it's not working i think they all they should all work together more than even more than before so insta youtube google facebook it should be the whole oh a team it should become a team and not being alone like it was before yeah that's a huge point yeah you know here at true 11 with our camp strategy that's we're really we're looking for what's working and not really looking to be platform neutral in how we approach things and each one of these platforms are a channel but yeah can't be isolated anymore so i'm a google ads person i don't look at anything else or i just look at the facebook ads account and that's the only source of information the only source of truth and no they're all working together and influencing each other yeah and that's where i think bing comes up quite interesting like for me i have a few accounts that i've managed bing too it has so many new features that google doesn't have yet and the placement formats that bing offers and recently i think they launched a waitlist for advertising inside of the bank for on all instagram facebook bank google all at once so that's for something very interesting like new things coming up bank stands out in terms of its new features yeah the bit that microsoft rush and the thing you showed me where you can basically bring facebook ads into the bing advertising platform and use the same creatives there Yeah, you can import from Pinterest too, not wow. just with Facebook. It's really interesting. Platform. I read an article, I think this week, about how Microsoft has been making a big transition where they're trying to be a bit more open source and open like that across a lot of their business units. Whether it's the video games, buying was it GitHub they bought, where it's a bit more open source community, and it sounds like the same thing here with Bing, where they are opening up their ability to. 
not so much care the source as long as they get the ability to run your ads for you. Mm. Yeah, I think just wants people or advertisers to make the, their life easier that you don't really have to set up new campaigns. You can just import them with the Facebook or Google, but just come here, come to us, start your campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of traffic has been getting it's all experimental but the audiences like in terms of the search volume is very low that's the truth so the room for expansion on search if you have a very limited test done on google because of your limitation with the audiences it's going to be even further down on bing for sure so unless if you are for like a broad audience for like clothing then you can do better but if you have very specific audience like oh, I only sell to this segment of audience then it's going to be very hard for you to expand on me great thank you all for joining us today nick rashna and ali really appreciate you hopping on and for everybody watching and you as well have a happy holidays and a happy new year i'd say that if you are looking to really get efficient with your customer acquisition on google ads or across any advertising platform tier 11 covers most of them and we're here to really use our customer acquisition application framework to help your brand grow and to walk your customers along the whole customer journey in the most efficient way possible so thank you everybody and if you want to learn more go to tier11.com otherwise have a happy new year thanks for listening to the customer acquisition show take the next step toward growing your customer base Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.